1: Release prophetic words and examine scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow.
0: Thanks again for joining our conversation.
1: Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Lisa Henderson. And
0: I'm Ken Henderson. We're the pastors of Salt Life Church on Merritt Island, Florida. You know, last week we were talking about. What to do to prepare for revival because revival is coming. And so we want to jump back into that today. And our key scripture was Psalms 86 5, which says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice? And we were talking um, last week about some of the things that we need to do to prepare for revival, and then some of the things that, that you can do to get yourself ready for revival. What we didn't really get into is some of the experiences that we have had, and so we want to share with you some of those things today, and of course, we're going to be bringing everything from our perspective of what we see, not only in our personal lives, but also in God's Word.
1: Right. So he shared with you, as he said, from Exodus 19, where Moses came down from the mountain after um, having an amazing experience, encounter with God, and he was talking to God on behalf of the people and telling God that the people really wanted to do what God was telling them to do, so God said, fine, then go down and tell them to prepare themselves, and I'm coming down in three days, so we took our scripture from there, but then we just began to share um, what the difference is um, in revival and just um, going somewhere and having... Um, an emotional experience and so as Pastor Ken said we um, at our heart are revivalists we traveled all over the country as evangelists and then we traveled for charisma and used to investigate revivals and write about them so we've had a lot of um, experiences just doing that besides a lot of encounters of our own yeah
0: our ministry originally was named this is that ministry coming right out of the book of Acts right. and, and we saw so many great wonderful miracles that took place in the whole Spirit and how he impacted people and and, and some of the people that, that, that know us very well. Uh, when we went to uh, a church that we pastored before this one, uh, I think the first several weeks we had like 18 or 19 people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's one thing to say that you're Pentecostal on the outside of your church or have that as your flagship but it's a whole different thing when you start experiencing that indoors. So, so we had great and mighty moves of God, not only there, but the, the last thing that we did before we came off the road was actually a six-week revival where God just really moved, and we saw the miraculous, and we saw people saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we even saw things like clouds move into buildings. So we're going to talk about those things a little bit today so that we can get you engaged and get you prepared in your heart and and hopefully create a hunger that you will have so that you will see the things of God in your own life, and so we're just going to be sharing those things today.
1: So one of the things that we've discovered with Revival is that it's messy. Um, It's not something that you can really control. Um, And people talk about, you know, when's revival coming? And what we've said is revival is here. But for those who aren't yet experiencing revival, it's something you need to prepare for, and you do that personally. So if you're just catching um, us on this particular program, go back and watch the one before that because there's things to do per- to prepare for revival, and one of those things is repentance and just prepare your heart with worship. But we begin to, um, for Charisma, go out and investigate revival um, and experience uh, because we, we I were also evangelists before we actually worked for Charisma and and chased the revival. But so we, we really, um, because we were evangelists, um, hungered for revival and began to, um, you know, chase it in our heart. Um, you, we'd read books like Tommy Tenney, God, God Chasers, Chasers yeah. and um, we went to Brownsville when it, we first heard about that as evangelists. We went both as evangelists, then we went back as pastors. Um, we read books. We read stuff about people like Mariah Woodworth-Edder, she's one of my favorite um women of God and and I would read stuff about the miracles in her life and and how she stood and, and, and the power of God fell and for three days she was frozen and I was like you know if God can do those kind of things and people within a hundred mile radius fall out under the power of God he's not a respecter of persons he could do that so we began to seek moves of God revivals like that a move of God like that, that right. where people were literally transformed, where men would come into the building where she was. I just want to, before we get into some of our stuff, just get your um, your hunger level up. And tell you that it's more than just um, an emotional experience, like going to a meeting and just jumping up and down and bouncing around to some good worship music and and leaving the same way you came in. People would literally come into the building where this this little woman was preaching and they would come in to harm her and there was one incident where this man got up out of the pew, began to walk down the aisle to harm her and um, the power of God hit him and um, he just fell out in the floor and, and began to shake uncontrollably and, and weep and then began to call out the things that he was resp- guilty of <laughs> and began to confess his sin as the power of God fell on him. And they said that as she would preach, people would just get up, and run from the back of the room... Throw themselves, literally, in the floor at the altar, confessing their sin. See, we were talking before about um, um, repentance being part of revival. The Brownsville revival was one of those great revivals that involved a lot of repentance, involved a lot of... um, it was coupled with a lot of powerful worship, came out of that. We, we experienced a lot of the worship.
0: Yeah, I still do several of their songs today. You know, another person that, that you and I know fairly intimately because we've done research, Ray Hughes actually introduced us, and we actually wrote a, a movie a script with Ray, and it's on a man from Cartersville, Georgia and he he was a preacher in the 1800s and he would go from place to place and actually during that time before the internet, before everything was like it is today, he was reaching a million people a day and people were getting saved and everywhere he would go, different bars and brothels and gambling establishments would be shut down because the power of God would come in. It kind of reminds me of Smith Wigglesworth when he was around and he was preaching. Of course, I I read that great book and if you want to read some good stuff, Ever Increasing Faith, a wonderful book, or God's Generals, and, and, and it talks about several of these uh, great evangelists and great revivals that have gone on in the past. But but one of the ones, it doesn't actually mention him, but I, I'm so intrigued with Sam Jones and what he was able to do during his time frame. And how he was, through newspapers and such, reaching the world for Jesus. And just a a quick story on Sam. He went into Nashville, Tennessee, and this is actually part of the movie that we talked about or, or we wrote... And he went into Nashville, Tennessee, and he took a tent, and he went there to hold a revival. And when he was there, he encountered a man who was a riverboat captain who had several brothels, several businesses, and several, you know, like gambling establishments and those kind of things. And his name was Tom Ryman. And, of course, Tom came to the meeting to confront him because he didn't want to lose his businesses. And when he was there, God touched him in such a powerful way that he changed His heart, And so what what happened was at the time of the altar call, Tom actually stood up and he told him, he said, Sam Jones, he said, I came here tonight to put you down, to whip you. Mm -hmm. And he said, but God has whipped me instead. And if he'll have me and you will have me, he said, I'll serve Jesus the rest of my life and I will I'll be your friend the rest of your life. And as long as I'm alive, you'll never have to come back here and preach in a tent again. And he built what is known as the Ryman Auditorium where the Grand Ole Opry is housed. And, of course, it's called the Great Mother Church because originally it was a church.
1: It was originally the Union Gospel Tabernacle, um, yet it was a church. So... Uh, the, the revivals in history, the Great Welsh Revival, involved a lot of, of repentance. A lot of worship and music was birthed out of these, and it was there was a lot of emotion. There was also a lot of signs and wonders and things that, that were indescribable, like with Mariah Woodworth, like with um, Smith Wigglesworth, um, the things that happened, even with Sam Jones, um, and the things that happened with Amy Simple McPherson oh, yeah. and um, Catherine Coleman and things like that, and then the great tent revivals um, of the fifties—that right. um, that they couldn't, you couldn't um, explain yeah. the signs and wonders and miracles of that day that happened, uh, and then some of the revivals that we got to experience, and the great um, Toronto blessing or the Toronto outpouring, right. um, and then the Brownsville um, outpouring. And, and blessing it, we actually did get to experience that. So, as we began to hunger, um, and then we had some great, um, experienced great revivals on the road as we traveled and spoke, but um, at Charisma would send us out to some places. And you remember one of the places that, that I remember, and we spoke about um, Sunday when we were preaching. Um, was Baxley, Georgia. And, I mean, you may not have even heard of it. I'd never heard of it. And at the time, we were living in Jacksonville, and Chrisma called or emailed me and said, hey, can you drive up to Baxley and um, take a few pictures and study this revival and um, write us an article and um, just kind of, you know, scope it out, tell Mm -hmm. us what's going on. And so we're like, sure. So that was like, what, two, two and a half hours, three hours from the house. So we drive up to Baxley, and it's a Methodist church, if I recall. And it's an older church, and it's a small town. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of it. It's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, two-story, old-fashioned church, wooden floors. Do Mm -hmm. you remember? Um, It had an old-fashioned loft with the spindles, do you remember, Mm -hmm. and the um, balcony? We sat in the balcony that night because that's the only place there was to sit. So we kind of get there, and we don't even really—the pastor knew we were coming because we let him know that's what's courteous. Um, we're going to kind of sit out of the way. We don't want to interrupt anything. We don't want you to really let anybody know we're there. Um, we're there to observe and not um, interfere with your service, do you remember? And we're just sitting— in the Which balcony. is a bit
0: hard when you're uh, a, a revivalist in your heart. Yes. you, you kind of want to get involved in things when you're yeah. there. So it's so, always hard for me. I'm like, eh, yeah. so I just go kind play. of be
1: inconspicuous <laughs> as a writer um, and there to take pictures. Um, your job is to kind of not lose yourself in worship <laughs> just to be paying attention um and getting the story and then of course you know i interview the pastor afterwards which is what we did mm-hmm. um we went to, to dinner afterwards mm-hmm. so but we didn't want to go beforehand we didn't because i like to go in and not have a preconceived notion about anything first i want to observe the service and just kind of see what's happening and the most amazing thing about this particular revival was it was based in the children. It yeah. started with the children. And sure enough, we watched as the music started, um, these children flocked. I'm not talking about teenagers, I'm talking children like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And I'm probably going to start crying because it was so powerful. They just practically ran to the front during worship with their little hands in the air and tears streaming down their face throughout the whole period of worship. And as they began to worship, literally you could feel the atmosphere in the church begin to shift and the power of God fill the place. And they would begin to say that, you know, the church grew. I mean, it was packed. And they said that as the revival started, it began with the children. It began, something happened where the kids just began to, to worship. The kids would have this hunger for God, and they began to worship. And as they began to worship, like it, it caught on to the adults. And these kids began to, to pray for one another, and they began to pray for the adults. And adults, you remember, started getting healed, and people started getting saved, and, and, and it was just uh, like a phenomenon in this little town of what went on. But we witnessed firsthand what God was doing um, in the children, and it was so powerful to um, go and experience this this revival in the middle of nowhere that, that sparked this move of God that began in the children.
0: Yeah, that's not the only one that began in the children. You remember there was one in South Florida. Melbourne. That actually yeah, in Melbourne and 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 it began in the children. They were having such a move of God in the children's church. And so they would they would come in to get their kids and their kids would just be completely slain in the spirit, laid out on the floor and God was just blessing and and, and moving there and when he was moving the, one day, the, the, the youth workers or the kids' workers, children's church workers, said, hey, it's time to release this on the adults. And the kids went in and actually started praying for the adults. And when they did, adults started falling out under the power of God, and they would be there. And, and the amazing thing, it didn't just happen at church. This was going on in the school system where people would see, you know, they would go into a regular classroom, and all of a sudden, somebody would get near somebody and the power of God would hit them and people were just it's an amazing thing what God does when people just kind of say Lord Whatever you want is what we want. I'm reminded of uh, Pastor Keith Reed, great man of God from Calhoun, Georgia. And and we went there, and that's on the north side of Georgia. We were up there, and uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick was preaching the night that we were there. And we have a tolerance level, for lack of a better term, that you develop. The more you're under the power of God, the more that you see it. The only way I know to explain that is if you're on medication or something, the more you take it, the more tolerance you build up for it. And so we were there. We had been evangelists for a number of years, and then we were having great services in our home church as well when we were pastoring. And we went up, and my wife has a super hunger for God. If you can't tell that, I don't know how to help you with that. Just take my word for it. This isn't a show for her. This is the way that she really is, and we have some good personal friends that can verify that. She's just always really gone after God. And I remember being there. I think we were on the second or third row, and, and Brother Kilpatrick was preaching, and my wife was just like, Touch me, touch
1: me. Yeah, it's, it's, well, you have to understand, Pastor Cole Patrick had preached. Now, this is um, Calhoun, Georgia. Was having a, it was an offshoot their of revival of yeah. Brownsville. So, what was taking place in Brownsville had just carried over onto supernaturally onto Calhoun. Right. Um, and so their are the house is packed that night. We're there again because Christmas mass is to be. We're on second or third row. Pastor Kilpatrick preached as he preached in Brownsville. It was powerful. Altars, he gives the altar call. People run to the front. You cannot find a place to even get close. He's praying. I I stayed in my seat. I'm there to, to observe, but I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling the power of God. Um, and like you said, I'm hungry for God. I'm the type of person, you know, You want I want to be. If I know that you're a man of God, and I don't just lay, anybody, but play, lay hands on me, and I advise you to do the same. But if I know that you're a man or woman of God, and you are legitimately carrying the anointing, like I'm going to have my little head under your hand if I can get to you. But I'm there for, you know, to write down and observe. So I'm observing, but I'm seeing people are dropping like oh, yeah. flies. It, he, he's stepping over people. He's stepping up on top of the front pews to pray for people. I don't know if you've ever been in a service like that. It was crazy. And people are wailing. If you know what that means, that Southern for they're crying really loud and hard. And I'm on the second row. By this time, I've been crying out, Touch me, touch me. I forgot about writing at this point. Touch me. Why aren't you touching me, God? Now, by this time, he's come by and t- Tapped me on the forehead and I'm thinking, that's it. Like, and everybody else is going berserk. And I'm thinking, I'm not getting anything. So I just by this time I've kind of just felt fallen over in the seat. And now I'm crying hysterically and begging God, touch me. Why won't you touch me? Touch me, touch me. Like a, a lunatic crying, that's just begging God. And so finally the service ends and um I get it together, and we get our stuff, my writing stuff, and we go to um, to grab something to, eat, to tr- make the long trip back home or to the hotel. And so we leave the building, and we go to Shoney's. And it's about the time we get to Shoney's that I realize, whoa, wow, was God really touching me? <laughs> 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 it was really, but I just didn't recognize how much till I got out from up under. How strong it was. It reminds
0: me of when Moses went and he spoke to God face to face. I I, I talk about this a little bit. And when he spoke to God face to face, it was a very deep and personal situation. But the Bible says that he didn't know that his face Was was, was shining. And the people had to tell him. And so sometimes... You don't realize the power that you're walking under, or the power that you're carrying, because you're used to it, and you become accustomed to it. And when you do, uh, it, it just it, you kind of are, accustomed? for lack of a better, yeah, accustomed to walking in it, tolerant. And so, you know, one of my favorite songs, a Don Potter song, says, "Show me your face." But then it says, and gird up my legs so I can stand in this holy place, in this anointing, in this glory. And so, so re- reality sets in, and, and we find that, that God has to enable us to be able to tolerate his presence to a greater degree. Notice this. When, when, when Moses was there, he was able to stand it and withstand it at the same time. He didn't really realize what was going on with him. And it's a little different than, than, than like Samson. He did not know that the spirit had departed because he was un- unaware how rich it was on him too. But at the same time, Moses was lit up and didn't even know it. Right. And so it's an amazing thing. So we have seen God do some amazing things. I'm reminded of the Lakeland Highlands Church of God. And, and, and when, when we were there, this is 20 plus years ago. Uh, there again, our name was this is that ministry, and such a sovereign move of God that came into that place and it went on for several weeks and matter of fact, we added a kind of a part B to it uh, not too long after that. But I remember one night, I remember two instances. number one, we had a cloud come in the building, and there was there were some people that were on the back row, and you remember we we called for people to come and pray. And they couldn't move. You
1: have to understand with that that um, the cloud came into the building, and it was such a a, a sovereign move in such a holy time that literally there was a hush. And we even said, you know, the glory of God is, is literally in this spot right now. And um, if you want to be under this, just... Reverently get up and come come forward, and people were and they were literally as they got close, having some people were belly crawling. Do you remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> into the presence, like
0: it looked like army crawling,
1: army crawling, and weeping, <laughs> like uncontrollably weeping as they got close. And as I, I looked out, there was a couple. I think it was it, four people. I
0: think it was four on. And the they background. were
1: seated next uh, to the uh, against the back wall, just seated as straight and erect, stoic. as stoic as you can be. And I remember thinking. What is wrong with with these people? Do they not know that the glory of God is in the house? How can they just be sitting there like that? I I was so almost offended. And um, I found out the next day, because they called the pastor's wife. um, They were guests. And they said they'd never experienced anything like that before in their life. And they were physically unable to move Literally riveted to their seat, unable to move, and the Lord spoke to me and said, "Don't ever again judge by outward appearance what I am doing to somebody inwardly." You
0: know the other times that that, that we were we were in camp meeting one time with uh, Brother Floyd Lahon, if you'll remember, and God came into the place so strong that babies didn't even cry. That's right. There it was. It was a holy hush is the only way that I know. And God wants to visit his church this way again. Yes. And I think he's wanting us to be ready for it and to know that that, that, that he has a plan for us. We have to prepare. Yes. We have to be hungry. Yeah. And we have to move forward in God. So right now, we want to take just a couple of moments and and pray that hunger develops in you so that you can experience some of these things that God has not just done in the past, but he's doing in the present too. And so we want you to understand that you too can be a part of what God is doing today.
1: Right. We just want to encourage you wherever you are to begin to, if this has caused a hunger to rise in your heart, for you to begin to seek revival and to begin to to seek after God. And, you know, it it can begin with you. And that you could be the, the spark that starts the the fire in your church um, for revival. So we want to encourage you to just to fan those flames and to go after God and prepare your heart for revival. Look, revival comes, it can be messy, it can be uncontrollable, but it will come with signs, wonders, and miracles. It will come with repentance and with salvation and people getting saved. And it may not look like anything that you're expecting it to, so don't put any expectations on it and, and treat it. Um, don't treat it as something ordinary, but treat it... Um, Reverently, with respect. And what is it that we said Sunday? Don't treat it, treat it with um, that it's holy. Don't treat the holiness of God as something as common. As common. I mean, I think that's where we make our mistake um, is that we treat the holiness of God as though it's something common. But we want to encourage you right now if, if you're listening to this and you want the presence and power of God to come into your life that you don't even have to wait. You can experience that right now, right where you are. Maybe you're watching from your living room or maybe you're listening from your car or you're watching on your phone in your car, whatever. But you're like, I can feel the presence of God. Let me just tell you this little story. Pastor Ken was talking about the church in Melbourne. Well, it goes farther than that because that that pastor got on the radio station. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And he began to tell the story about what was going on in his church in Florida over the radio station. Later, it was testified that people had to pull their cars off of the road because the presence of God fell in their car and they began to weep under the presence of God by listening to the sound of his voice. I can feel the anointing on me right now. So maybe you're watching wherever you are. I've got a room full of anointed people in here right now right now as we're filming, don't we? So I believe, and right now they're praying for you. And so they're praying right now in tongues. So, um, and and right now we're just getting words of wisdom and knowledge for you guys. So we're just going to pray and believe right now that wherever you are, that the spirit and the presence of God is touching you. So um, maybe the first thing is that you need to repent and ask the Lord into your heart. So that's as simple as just saying, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. And if that's you right now, you can just that simple say, Lord, Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and be my Savior. And then just take, take, take that and you have to walk that out. It's not just a prayer. We, we want to make sure you know that. And every, every one of our broadcasts, we make sure that you know that. It's not just a prayer. We do know that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's more than that. It's praying the prayer and walking it out. But right now, I want to just pray with you. So, you know, wherever you are, you can just, we, we like to do this because this is the way we receive. So, just stretch out your hands this way and just say, you can close your eyes or you can look up or whatever, but this is by faith. Just say, come, Holy Spirit. Just say, come, Holy Spirit. And maybe right now, wherever you are, like right now, I'm feeling my hands tingle. And maybe your hands are tingling right now, or you're feeling a heaviness in your hands. But you can just say, come Holy Spirit, bring revival to my life. That I may spark revival in other people's lives in this last day. That I may be a carrier of revival. That's what he wants us to be, friend. He wants us to carry revival. Let's don't wait for revival. Let's be revival. Let's carry revival. So say, come Holy Spirit, let me bring revival. And I just, like right now I release the anointing in my voice to carry through to where you are and that you feel the presence of God overshadow you right now and that you may feel tingling in your hands that you may feel heat in your feet electricity moving up your legs and the power of God covering you wherever you are my friend that the presence and power of God be with you and you experience revival
0: you know one of the things that the Bible says is that Jesus actually breathed on the disciples yeah, and said receive the Holy Spirit, and a lot of times when when we're in meetings, and and it, it's happened many many times. That one of the things we do is we carry a sheet with us yeah. as a prayer cloth, and there's been thousands and thousands of people who have actually prayed over it. mascara stains. Oil doesn't smell well, but man, is yeah. it loaded with the, the tangible anointing, and we would. Tell people to pray and just ask the Lord, just breathe on me. So where you're at, yes. just ask Jesus, yes. breathe on me now. Let me receive the Holy Spirit in a God greater dimension than I've ever known in my lifetime. Yes. And so just experiencing God, that's really what revival is all about. There's nothing magic. We re- we really... We need to prepare our hearts for revival, but we really need to, I don't want to get the wrong terminology. We don't need to seek revival. We need to seek God. Yes. We need to seek the God of revival. And when we get him, revival, revival comes. comes with us. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org. For books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth.
1: You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L E S A. And at Ken Henderson. Or you can follow our ministries at MySot Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.